whatever you're saving up for. A CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.50% APY on an 8-month CD special or 5.00% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the best ever Big Mac burger. Take it away, Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, there's more special sauce in every bite. Rubble, rubble. He said, rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble indeed, my friend. Try the juicier Big Mac and get 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Comparison to prior classic burgers, limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid once per day. Excludes tax. Must be opted into rewards. Welcome to Season 4 of Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. This podcast is not just information, but impartation and activation. We believe that every conversation will encourage, equip, and empower you to live the daily supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast and then share every episode with your friends and family and be activated. And thank you so very much for joining in to Adventures in the Spirit. I'm your host, having a lot of fun. I am a little rusty on this. It's been a couple of months. Uh, First and foremost, I want to say thank you to everybody who's been praying for me, uh, texting, messaging the last couple of months, and those who've given financial gifts uh, towards my healing, towards my recovery. Uh, So thank you so very much. If you've been part of Fireborn Ministries, then you've heard kind of what what has taken place, what has transpired. So all I've been doing recently, you know, uh, is going through recovery you know, regaining my health and everything. Uh, But this is like the first day back in about three months of podcasting. So I'm just a little bit rusty. I was having some issues earlier with my microphone, but I know that you guys are forgiving. Today's content is going to be amazing. I'm super excited for it. But before we jump into that, I have a new free PDF Bible study download available for you on evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you encounter the Holy Spirit, and Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit, there's then there's got to be some kind of evidence of what has taken place in your life. There's got to be some kind of results. So I've got this free Bible study download available for you, and that's in the podcast description right here. So opt into that. Do the do the Bible study. You could do it by yourself or with a small group or others, uh, and even send it to anybody you want. On um, and be activated, be filled with the Holy Spirit through it, guys. I'm excited for today's very special guest. I have Mark Appleyard of Anathan. Global. Uh, I've become recently acquainted with him through the Bixby's, who are guests on here uh, recently, or just a few months ago, they were guests um, through their family school. And so I've been learning a lot through that, but becoming acquainted with some incredible people. Randy and Leslie had Mark on their podcast, which I am a producer for, a remote producer and editor for that. And when I when I saw and heard everything that he had to say, I was like, he's going to come to Adventures in the Holy Spirit. So please help me welcome Mark Appleyard of Anathan Global to Adventures in the Spirit. Welcome, Mark. Hey, Jared. Great to be with you, mate. Oh, it's it's awesome, brother. Um, and it's an honor and it's a pleasure to have you on uh, Adventures in the Spirit and talk about something that we've never talked about. But before we jump into uh, that discussion, which you and I have already kind of talked about beforehand... <laughs> you know, all the talking points or whatever. Uh, Can you share your story, how you came to Christ and jumped into what God has you doing now? 
Yeah, so uh, obviously I'm not from the States, so I grew up in Australia on the very southern tip of the Australian mainland. I say if you we're from the real south because any further south you fall off. Grew up down there in uh, country Victoria um, where it was, uh, I think, in my late teens where I was invited to a Christian youth camp. And something really interesting happened to me when I was there. The thing that really, I guess, awakened my spirit, if I could use that language, was that for the first time ever, I saw people singing to someone, not about someone. It was a youth camp and these young people were lit up. And and so I just needed to know who was it. They Clearly somebody was in the room that I couldn't see, but it was pretty real and evident. So when the, the person that was speaking uh, mentioned Jesus and how to you know grab a hold of him, then uh, I was all in. So it's been that that wild ride. It was very much a night day ride for me. Um, you know, I, I, I was dead then alive. I, it was dark, and now it was it was light. Um, so it was a really a real defining moment for me that was very clear. Um, yeah. Then from there, I, I ended up working for Australia's biggest private company and did a did trade training as an electrician with them four years as a master and apprentice, and then started my own electrical subcontracting business. And from there. Uh, became bivocational in ministry, uh, went to Papua New Guinea and halfway through my apprenticeship and, and felt a real call to ministry. So when I finished my apprenticeship, we just found pathways to enter in and spent 15 years bivocationally. We never wanted to send people into a world we weren't prepared to be in ourselves. So I, I contracted to um, secular uh, contractors and uh, worked in places that were just as rough and tumble as you could well imagine in the Australian environment and from mining sites to commercial um, and industrial and domestic and oh, you name it, I just did a bit, a bit of everything. So, but all the while I was looking at go, how, how do we interpret Jesus to the everyday person? How do we bring this message? And my starting point wasn't in the Holy Spirit. It was actually cessationism was my starting point. And it was through a, a series of events and encounters that led me into a, a, a full awakening of, of the life of the Holy Spirit and just realized that um, things would never be the same. It's uh, just a quick story. My wife tells it, but I've told it that many times. It's now my story. So I've got a lot of poetic license with this story. But she was young and her dad's a medical doctor and they lived in a, uh, on the opposite end of the state where I grew up. And color television had just come to town and her dad wanted to get a, a color TV because their black and white one had just died. So they went to the nearest regional center to do the deal. And her mum and dad were doing the deal with the, the TV salesman. And Julie went down the back, my wife, where there was all these you know, old tube TVs because it's the 70s and they were in color and they were playing Sesame Street. And at the end of the deal making, Julie's mum's wondering where she is and then sees her down there. And as she walks down and, and as I understand it, Julie's standing in front of the television watching Sesame Street in colour and her face looks something like this. And Julie goes, are you okay? And she goes, she said, what is it? She goes, Big Bird is yellow. Now, now the thing for that little girl, once she'd seen a yellow Big Bird, she couldn't go back to a grey Big Bird anymore. And once I'd encountered the Holy Spirit, life in Christ, I just couldn't I couldn't go back to the old life in Christ minus the Holy Spirit anymore because Big Bird was yellow and uh, everything had changed. So we've been, we've been walking that way uh, ever since with all the ups and downs and roundabouts. Do you want the power of God to be evident in your life? Do you need to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit? Are you curious about the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues? And do you want it in your life? My wife and I have a free e-course available for you called the Baptism with the Holy Spirit, where you will learn the biblical truth 
and spiritual reality of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And you'll hear true stories of how people received the promised gift. The videos in this e-course will expand your knowledge and understanding of the Holy Spirit baptism. You'll be drawn closer in relationship with the Holy Spirit and receive prayer and activation into the baptism with the Holy Spirit. You can also go through it with a small group of friends, a church class, or a discipleship group. You could download the accompanying PDF for each lesson and apply the principles to your life and take the action steps. Your faith will grow as you read the scriptures, watch the videos, and participate in the activation. The gift is for you. The gift is for today. The gift is to empower your spiritual life. We know that you will finish this course with a divine empowerment that comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So start your journey today. Go to charismacourses.com collections and click on Jared Lasky and enroll in the baptism of the Holy Spirit e-course. Now, I love that. Well, everything changes when we encounter Christ, when we encounter the Holy Spirit. And I, I love that analogy that you just shared about that. Everything changes when we encounter God. But what's interesting about, well, then I'd love for you to share how you came to the U.S., and um, the concept of microchurches and how mm. that looks. Yeah, some, some good questions there. Um, I was in a leadership training event out in Hawaii in the late 2000s with uh, Dr. Wayne Cordero oh, yeah. at New Hope. And it was a, a leadership practicum for about 50 pastors. And while I was out there, I connected up with a pastor from North Carolina here in Charlotte. And uh, we just became very, very dear friends very quickly. And over the coming two years, it worked out that we'd be able to come alongside and co-pastor with him at uh, the, the church that he was leading, which is a very large church of several thousand at that point. And then at the same time, begin a new work of their uh, church down where we are here in Waxhaw, Weddington, out, just outside of Charlotte. So that's what brought us over here. We did that for four years, and then we became our own standalone church, non-denominational. Uh, while we we're doing that, uh, the 15 years prior, as I said, I was bivocational. And one of the things that I, I just had as an affinity group was business leaders because I was in business myself. So always connected with business leaders. I found them easy to talk to. They were people that I could you know, bring Jesus to in a way that made sense. And when I moved out here, my visa didn't allow me to open any business. So I really felt like I had both hands tied behind my back. But what I did is I joined a local business association. And uh, would just be effectively became like pastor to our local area through business. And the one thing the Lord said was really interesting, Jared, which at the time I didn't have a grid for, and it took some time to work out. And he said this, he goes, I don't want you to grow another big church. I want you to grow a church of a big influence. And I thought, well, that just seems like they're one and the same thing, surely, because I've been a part of leading bigger churches and they were very influential, more influential than the smaller churches. Like, what do you mean? What I realized, though, is when I was working and coming alongside a business leader, he said, I want you to love them without asking anything in return. Mm -hmm. I want you to give yourself away to them without saying, will you come to my church? Why don't you come and check it out on Sunday? Don't ever say that. Um, it's just simply to give yourself away to introduce people to me. So that's what we did for, for those numbers of years. And then an odd thing started to happen. My phone would begin to ring and it would be local opinion makers. It would be town officials or mayors or whoever just saying, hey, Mark, can we have a conversation off record? Something's happened in my marriage or I've got an issue in my business or uh, here in the town, we've got a few problems and I need to talk to someone who give me some honest feedback and and, and just realize that before anything, we, we were becoming the church of the biggest influence. We're a small little church down this end, of probably about 80 people. But yet my phone was constantly ringing off the hook from opinion makers. And, and I would always say, well, you know, the you know, the lens I look through, it's the lens of Jesus. And I make no apologies about that. But mm. here's what I see. 
Um, I had opportunities to be able to release prophetic words without using the word prophetic in ways that totally unlocked the hearts of people. And then one day I was uh, out at a heaven in business conference and out in uh, Redding, California, and uh, got in contact with a a leader uh, from the Middle East while I was there. And he asked if I would be his pastor. And before I knew it, then we we suddenly were working with business leaders literally all over the world. So we were we've been doing that now in over twenty nations for the last eight years. But then that led us into micro churches because what I started hearing from people who didn't know each other, and these are people, some of them are influencers of nations, and they were saying things like, "I love God, I love God's people, but the model of church just does not connect with me here in my business. My business is my ministry, and I'm seeing way greater impact in what I'm doing here than I'm seeing in our." local church. And this was countries all over the world. This wasn't an American problem alone. This was everywhere. And I'm going, why didn't I know these people existed before? I haven't heard this before. And so my wife and I sat down one day and we said, we've really got to just ask ourselves some serious questions. And and we'd started Anathan as a for-profit business at that point. And and the the picture that we got in asking the question was there was a a train station and a platform and a train that was on the tracks leaving the station. And the train station represented the geographical church we were pastoring and the station, the train itself on the tracks represented the the, um, working alongside of business leaders because we were traveling everywhere at this point. And so... um, we said, well, what do we do? We've got one foot on the state platform and one foot on the tracks. This is We can't stay on this because the, the train's moving. We're going to hurt ourselves if we stay in this position. So we either get off the moving train and stay on the platform, but we didn't feel grace on that. We, we get off the platform and just get on the train, and we didn't feel grace on that either. And so the only option that we really felt was there, and we brought it before the Lord and, and we got his yes, was to re-engineer the, the platform and put it on the tracks. And so that moved us to a micro model where then we could actually take um, the kingdom of God as a, as a church and put it into the cracks and crevices um, of society as we, wherever we went. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. I, I need to share this because I, I did another podcast earlier today where the guest activated us to hear the voice of God. Hmm. And as I encountered, I was on a train, okay? I was on a train, uh, so I saw the engine and everything, and then I was in the dining car with Mm. Jesus, okay? So as you're using this language, I'm just like, isn't that amazing how he can speak to the to me in that, you know, in that way, just a few hours ago, Mm. you're using the same terminology, the same symbols that he spoke to you. So I'm, I'm just encouraged right now. I was like, wow, I'm hearing the voice of God today, you know, and he's changing things. So back talking about micro churches and businesses and how this, you know, how does it look? Because I was listening to uh, your podcast episode and I was like, wow. So he's, you're recording it. You got this group of people there. There's some people who are zoomed in or, you know, uh, whatever, I don't know if you use Restream or what software you use, but there are people who are remotely coming in, you're recording it, and it's going around the world, and this is church, this is family. Can you share and elaborate on how this looks and how you do it and uh, even incorporate technology through it and what you're seeing through through it? Yeah, the, the one of the key things was, first of all, to look at what was our church, again, using the technical term, our ecclesiology. And I'm not sure of your own background, but I'm guessing it's something similar where we've been well and truly schooled on what we're told church should look like and what are the essential elements that are non-negotiables in church. And so I, I had this rare moment in this juncture I was talking about where I said, I'm 
you know what? I have had a lot of experience. I've got a lot of education behind me as well, both in, in the business realm and also in the, um, in the sacred realm. Let's get a whiteboard and wipe it all off and throw out everything that I know and get back to ask Jesus, what is the central thesis of the kingdom of God? And, and it was a difficult thing to do. It sounds like, well, this will be great and fun. It was really difficult, but it, and it took a good time. And what we got back to was the, the what is the glaringly obvious, and that is the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, love your neighbor as yourself. That love is actually the central thesis because then he gives, I've, and I've got a new commandment for you, which is actually the same as the first commandment just restated, and love one another as I have loved you. How did he love them? By loving the Lord his God with all the heart, soul, and mind. So, so love is this central thesis. And so... Thought, okay, well, I've I've preached on love a lot. I've preached in front of thousands of people and in small groups, and I've taught on love a lot, but it's never been my central thesis. Uh, it's been yeah, something yeah. that I've encouraged people to do. So thought, well, okay, well, we get a people a group of people in a room or on a call or whatever it might be. How do we do that? Do we sit in the lotus position, position singing kumbaya? I mean, what do you do? So because I'm a practical guy, so I sat back again, and the Lord spoke into our my wife and I, and He said, "Well, greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world." Whether you a person recognizes it or not, when they've got Holy Spirit in them, they're a leader. When they've been made, the olders become new, the deads become alive. They are now a leader because they have access to the pervading spiritual influence in any space, which is the Holy Spirit. So he said, the, the, the essence is, what does it mean? The question that, to explore, what does it mean to lead in love and lead your town, lead your city, lead your nation in love? And I thought, well, that's a question I've never asked before. It's a new question. So we broke that down as just a basic acronym of L-E-A-D. So for us, a microchurch, first of all, is linking God's love one to another. Whether we're on a call, whether we're physically in a room, whether we're there or not, because a lot of them now, we have no idea even where they are and who's in them because it's, it's decentralized. Um, but it's intentional. Wow. We link the love of God through meeting, greeting, and eating. So intentional conversation. It doesn't matter whether you're in a you know a, a totally different culture um, to a Western culture. You're still going to eat and link and share one another's stories. The E is encounter God's love, and we do that in a whole host of different ways. Whether it be prayer or worship, communion. By the way, when you've got the sacraments, you now have a church. So communion in there. We've now ticked that box. We're not just a small group. We're now a church. <laughs> Yeah, that'll, that'll mess with some people's mind right there. I messed with mine to start with. Uh, and then uh, encounter God's love. The A is activate. Again, there should be activation. If we've encountered Jesus, something should change. So what's the takeaway? We learn how to hear from heaven. We learn how to hear what the takeaway is and activate. So we have link, encounter, activate. And the D is the deliverable. Go and deliver God's love to somebody who doesn't know him yet with no strings attached. They're worthy of it because they're made in his image. It's not a marketing campaign by the Holy Spirit to manipulate people into your group. It's simply they deserve his love because they're made in his image. And, and so that's effectively the essence of our micro church model. It's link, encounter, activate, deliver God's love to in the cracks and crevices of society. And so we use all, all manner of things for that technology. Uh, Sunday morning, we do a broadcast that people join in on. Uh, we also have then even in our own home, we have several groups that meet at different times in our own home uh, across the city of Charlotte, the several groups here that meet. Uh, we have them uh, meeting now up in the north of the state. We have them meeting in Switzerland. We have them meeting in Australia. We have them meeting in um, uh, Nepal. So we've got them on what four continents already at least. And uh, yeah, and and uh, I think we have now over or near on, near on 500 active users on our app um, that are using some sort of expression of microchurch, of which I have no idea because we were told to make it decentralized by the Lord. So we, we truly give it away. 
Um, at the outset, he said, build something that is fast, nimble, and very, very good, that it can move at speed, tack left and right at ease with ease, but not lose quality in the process. So we literally just keep giving it away and giving it away wherever we go. Oh, that is so good. Uh, so you, you mentioned decentralization. Uh, I'm familiar with that concept, but can you kind of share with some people who might not know what that means um, about that? Because I know that uh, I was a YWAMer. Ah. You know, it's in my spiritual DNA. I was in, in their organization for a year. I've supported them over the years, went back for about three months for another school almost two years ago now. Um, so it's it's always been there. But they early on, they made it decentralized. So it multiplied more. Right. Uh, but can you share and expand on what that means uh, to you? Yeah, and I, that's exciting. I, I was actually I got to speak in Davos in Switzerland for a YWAM base up there um, back in 2019 with a heap of free boarders and free skiers. And uh, boy, did I reclaim my youth. That <laughs> was great. A week on teaching about the father's love. And I think I learned more than I gave away. It was great. Um, yeah. And that's right. There's uh, Mark Green um, from uh, Michael Green, rather from YWAM. I've had several conversations with him around a fractal model of our, and, and a, a process of thinking around that for decentralization. For us, decentralization, first of all, what it is, it is effectively no central organizing body. That's the key thing that seeks to control predictable outcomes or semi-predictable outcomes. It's the first thing. And, and then secondly, from there, it's going back to going, well, why did we find that we needed to do that in the first instance? Because all the churches I've led, and I've led across many denominations, uh, we've always had a centralized body of governance, a centralized body that says we can do this, we can't do that, we can all of those sorts of things. Is our polity and all that kind of stuff. But realistically, leading up to Constantine, we really didn't have too much of a decentralized, of a centralized model. Um, really, that yeah. Constantinian modality brought centralization in. And, and what, what it became, it became a focal point that actually started to control outcomes. And the moment we did that, then there was much more human intervention than kingdom intervention. And so we start to see that every time when the church did grow, it's, it was because it was decentralized again. And we can look at, you know, the obvious examples of China and Iran that sit there in our, you know, in our modern context, where the, the church is spreading like wildfire and it's totally decentralized. And every time we try and then re-centralize it, suddenly it sucks the anointing out of the room. And uh, and now we've got to go, okay, we do it on this time in this way. And we've got to have these structures and these forms and norms and do these classes and these courses. And all of a sudden it's just, it's lost its life. So so decentralization for us is very much the or, the organism. It's the organic that's, um, that's let to run and trusting Holy Spirit then to lead it. And so for us, that's a, that's a really key ingredient. And, and I remember... Um, well, I took that to the Lord and, and it's very normal in our household and in our ministry to hear God speak. Uh, it wasn't always, it is now. And I took that to the Lord and I remember going, well, Lord, this decentralized model, now get this, this is the height of my arrogance was speaking. Um, doesn't that put a lot of responsibility into untrained people? You know, as if to say, I'm trained, I've got it. It's just like, man, I look back and I can't believe I asked the Lord that question. But I did, and, and, you know, full full um, transparency. And, and the answer I got back, Jarob, was this. He said, when I gave the Great Commission, I gave it knowing full well there would be Corinthian-style churches, but I gave it anyway. In other words, he was no longer afraid of the sin problem, and I was. My whole reason yeah. for decentralization was to control the, for my whole reason for centralization, rather, was to control the sin issue. 
And Jesus is saying he's actually dealt with the sin issue. Now, that doesn't mean we want to see people in pain because of people's stupidity and sin. But some cases we, we, we go to such an extreme to stop that we actually stop at the very thing we're called to do. Oh, I love that. So thank you so very much for elaborating on that. So this might be a little controversial. But I'm going to say it anyway, because I'm totally cool with that. We're going to get along famously. (laughs) (laughs) And it's unfortunate. You know, um, I love the church. I I love the different expressions. I've traveled the world, seen the different expressions around the Mm -hmm. world. But unfortunately, with the centralization concept, a lot of those associations, denominations have become real estate holding companies. Mm who are more concerned with the real estate and the property value than they are with the people of God who are supposed to be trained up and equipped. Mm. I find that tragic. And Matthew 28, you already mentioned the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says nothing about going out into the world to make churches or plant churches. It says, go and make disciples of all nations. Mm baptizing them and teaching them. So I know that there's so many different expressions of how to disciple, how to teach, but I think sometimes a lot of the concepts that we have today are so restrictive and it, it stunts growth, Mm -hmm. you know, and then sometimes these things become personality contests. I mean, uh, my, my listeners know I've planted two churches. I successfully closed one. Mm. I'm going to expand here because the the second one that, that we planted my original vision was to be a business where a church body meets, like a coffee shop that's in the community, building relationship with people, serving people food and coffee, and maybe some ice cream or something, but in the community and raising money for a good cause, not just for the, the ministry, you know, the church, but also for missions or rescuing sex trafficking victims or things that are near and dear to my wife and to our hearts. Mm. But the denomination I was part of at the time, God bless them. Okay, they said that they would not support or give grants if I did the business where the church met. Mm, goodness. So I I switched it up and I planted a church in the traditional way. And looking back, it's like if I could do it again, mm. I'd go back to the the original vision, mm. which is different, a new wineskin. But I think it would have made more of an impact. It would have been successful, if you will, um, than doing the traditional way and grinding and you know just being another, trying to be a copycat of everything else and everybody else. So, man, <laughs> you're right on it though. Uh, that's, um, and again, we, I want to qualify as I know you do as well, that there are lots of churches doing lots of great stuff. I mean, that's, it, it, that is a, a truth statement and a fact statement. The reality is, is that there's many that have, have given up on the mission, as you rightly say. And, and now it's, it's more about the real estate holdings and, 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 yeah. you know, keeping the, the lights on and, and, all the rest of it. Um, and again, like you, I've been a part of churches like that as well. I've led a church like that. Again, it's been a, a very honest journey to where we are. I've got to be very careful not to pick up the stones because they will start coming back at me. But it's yeah. um, I, I'm thankful for the journey I've had. And I sit here again and go, but now Big Bird is yellow. <laughs> I've seen yeah. something very different. And I'm, I'm afraid I can't go back. Oh, well, I love that. So my wife and I, we have seen so many different expressions, been part of some incredible ministries. We are actually in North Carolina for about five years after the Marine Corps. Uh, You know, the Marine Corps led me to Camp Lejeune, but we are part of a great church in Jacksonville, North Carolina that I youth pastored at. We're on the inside track. Great people, man. Uh, 
you know, we did annual mission trips and just amazing things, saw the power of God. But that church went from one service to three services in less than like a year and a half or so. We learned a lot, you know, uh, and took a lot of those principles and the excellence and all that. And, you know, um, I, I just want people to know, hey, there's so many different expressions. Mm -hmm. uh, but for both you and I, for Mark and I, we've learned a lot. But we also just want to be obedient to the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and, you know, let him lead us. And, you know, if he wants me to go on a mission or whatever and plant a church under a tree in Madagascar or something, you know, I'm willing to do that. If he wants me to open up a coffee shop or something, I, I will obey. But Mark, this has been a great conversation, brother. Um, and time is running short. I want to have you back soon, but can you lead us in? Cause I, I think the next time I bring you back, I want to talk more about business, mm. about God multiplying in business and what you're seeing God do in the marketplace. Yeah. So we need to schedule that, but can you lead our listeners in an activation mm. to encounter God? Yeah. Amen. Well, Lord, we want to, first of all, just lift up your name. We're thankful. The only reason we can hear you is because of you. The only reason we can talk about you is because of your revelation to us. So we recognize that any, any arrogance or pride needs to be thrown out the window very quickly because it's only because of your perfect love that you've shown it to us. And Lord, I want to activate the brothers and sisters in the kingdom right now with deeper encounters yeah. of your perfect love. Because if we don't start yeah. from there, we end up going with all manner of, um, of motivations and ideas, Lord, to try and manipulate people. And, and love is the thing that takes away manipulation. So I pray right now, right where people are, that Lord, by the power of the Spirit, you would just bring them into these deep encounters. Wash over them now. Wash over their hearts right now. Lord, flood them with such a deep awareness and awakening of your presence and your perfect love. Lord, wreck them where they are. Uh, Lord, we, I just pray that in that place they feel held, in that place they feel seen, in that place they feel known, in that place their true identity is revealed as you release your perfect love into each of those hearts. Lord, yeah. the, the, the reality is that while we receive your love, we're also to give it away. So I pray right now, Lord, for divine encounters with people and promptings that you'll prompt the, the people right now who are listening that are receiving your perfect love to go, right, there's a chance now to step in and to activate. Maybe it's, a, it's through a simple kind word, a simple touch, a, an act of service, or to go out of their way to help somebody. Uh, Lord, whether it's a word of encouragement or whatever it might be, but some way to practically love somebody. We know who you are. We know even right now, as we speak to the North, South, East, and West, that you are going to bring those people across the path of every person that's listening right now. And so, Lord, we pray from this moment that an exponential impact of the love of God is released throughout the world uh, through the listeners yeah. here today, that what they've received, they now give away. And in that, they see miracles, signs and wonders take place yeah. because anything that takes place apart from your love is a manipulation. And I even bear to say is witchcraft because it only originates from your love. These tools, these gifts of the spirit are the vehicles for love. And so we release your love through signs, wonders, and miracles for the sake of your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mark, thank you so very much for being my special guest today. Again, I'll have you back to Adventures in the Spirit real soon. But if people are interested to learn more about microchurches or anything that you have, resources that you might provide, how can they connect with you? Yeah, it's really easy. You can go to anothen.co, A-N-O-T-H-E-N, anothen.co. Uh, if you want to know more about even what we could talk about next time on the business front, that's anathan.co forward slash pathfinder. 
anathan.co forward slash pathfinder. So yeah, you can find it, all the things you need. Also, we have our U Church app, which is free. And that's spelled Y O U Church, one word, because you are the church. Or well, U Church app, wherever you get your apps on your app store. Um, and it's a free download right there. And uh, there's all sorts of great content there. Worship resources we recorded in different nations, as well as teaching resources there and all of that as well. Awesome. I noticed that I misspelled the, the website there. So I switch it up real quick <laughs> for people looking on the screen. Thank you so very much, guys. I want to encourage you to be activated in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm and text this episode to someone you know who will be blessed through it. Mark, thank you so much for being on Adventures in the Spirit. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky, a podcast that activates you to live the supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and share it with your friends. Leave a five-star rate and review, which helps us reach more people with the love and power of the Holy Spirit and partner with us at firebornministries.com. And may you live your best spirit-empowered life and have your own adventures in the Holy Spirit. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the best ever Big Mac burger. Take it away, Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, there's more special sauce in every bite. Rubble, rubble. He said, rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble indeed, my friend. Try the juicier Big Mac and get 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Comparison to prior classic burgers, limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid once per day. Excludes tax. Must be opted into rewards. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.